the Accepted Podcast, a college admissions podcast for the savvy student. My name is Tyler Kusunoki. I am an admissions counselor who are working out of Japan, uh, but working with students from all over the world to try to help all of you get into the schools that you are aiming for and finding, making sure we find the right fit for you. Um, for all the students who are finishing up their APs this week, congratulations, you are done. For students who still have finals coming up, best of luck. Study hard, stay focused. You're almost there. I am coming to you guys from the road again. I am on the road. I am actually at Duke University sitting in a parking lot、uh, right now to record this audio, mostly just because I will be traveling, but wanted to make sure that this podcast gets out on time and consistently so that、uh, we can give you guys a little bit of an update on everything. So this week I wanted to try, try to do something a little bit different.、Um, one of the parts of driving around and driving all over the country has been that it's been a good time for me to catch up on some podcasts. Not, not listening to me talk.、Um, I obviously don't listen to my own podcast, but、um, not in the sense of like. Um, follow listening to it religiously, but、uh, you guys should. But、um, it has given me an opportunity to listen to some other podcasts and to catch up on what other voices are saying about the college admissions process. And so one of those is actually the Freakonomics podcast. The Freakonomics is an amazing podcast. Their whole motto is to kind of see the patterns and the hidden patterns that. Underlie all of the things. The book itself is really focused on this, and then the podcast itself as well really dives into kind of the patterns and the economics and the incentives that drive everything. And so, if you have not read the book, you really should. Freakonomics is is an incredible book, and for you, if you're interested at all in economics and understanding how economics can also be in some ways a study of psychology and behavior,、um, because the greatest one of our greatest incentivizers, one of our greatest motivators, is money.、Um, I. Think the book and the podcast itself is worth checking out, but、um, the reason I bring this up is because、uh, for the past couple weeks, the Freakonomics podcast has chosen to focus on the hidden economics behind、uh, college admissions and looking at、um, kind of the challenges, both、uh, economically but also. Uh, the challenges economically of getting into college, given how high some of those admission tuitions fees are, but also using that as a jumping-off point to, to have a broader conversation about college access and college equity. And so it starts from episode 500, easy number to remember,、um, and it goes for it's, been, it's three episodes now by now I think. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about some of the things that are presented in there and how that may be useful to all of you. So. What's been interesting about the Freakonomics podcast on this is that it is very. I guess the way that I would put it is that it focuses a lot on kind of explaining the problem, right? And the problem is, college is really expensive. Colleges are really hard to get into, and why is that the case? Especially when we're talking about colleges at the highest, highest level. Why are these colleges so limited in seats, and yet have billions upon billions upon billions of dollars of endowment? Why is it that they are not opening things up to create greater access to this amazing education? So, for those of you who want a broader history behind the formation of these, especially these elite schools, kind of the Ivies and the Ivy Pluses of like U Chicago and Stanford and MIT,、um, if you if what you want to kind of get is a deeper dive into the 
history, but also like both in terms of them, a lot of them starting off as training grounds for ministers, but also a little bit into the economic incentives behind why they continue to function, especially as private universities. This podcast is a great listen. In particular, episode, I believe, 502, they have a sit down with the uh, president of Brown University and have a very, very engaging back and forth conversation just about the status of these Ivy Leagues, the tuition, the access, the equity. Um, It's a very, very good conversation. Um, My thoughts on all of this so far, um, having listened to it on several of my uh, multi-hour long drives between universities um, and colleges to visit students and admissions officers and so forth, um, my thoughts on this are that the podcast itself is very good at articulating why the problem exists, right? And um, TLDR, or just to summarize, essentially that a lot of these schools, it turns out when looking into it, a lot of these schools can have been able to, it's been pretty much demonstrated that if they wanted to, they could absolutely offer more space. That is the biggest reason why these competitive numbers are, uh, are the, the numbers are where they are, where you have 4%, 5%, 6% acceptances. All of these colleges basically have absolutely have the money and have the ability to increase enrollment and thereby open it up to more people. Um, but have steadfastly refused to do so in part because of the value of um, the brand recognition. The podcast itself does make several comparisons to like Prada or Hermes, right? Like these luxury brands and how these luxury brands don't actually benefit at all from mass production, right? What they benefit from is boutique, rare, exclusive. And in that regard, there is um, very little reason, therefore, to be increasing the gap. Uh, or increasing the amount of uh, increasing the amount of students, which thereby increases the gap. Actually, sorry. So they could, if they wanted to, right, um, bring in more students, increase enrollment, and thereby give access, greater access to these top tier educations, but won't. And I think that is a mindset that we all accept and buy into, right? That a degree from Harvard means something precisely because it is difficult to get into and because access to it is rare. And so that's not going to be changing anytime soon. What was interesting, I think the most interesting study that this podcast did was that they looked at students who, one of the biggest challenges and one of the biggest arguments that has started to come up and emerge a lot lately, especially when you have the likes of Steve Jobs and Bill Gates and all of these people who attend university, leave university, and then go on to do great things. Um, And as tuition is rising to get to the point of where university experience per year is anywhere from 60 to 75,000, a lot of the questions that are coming up are, is it worth it, right? And what is my return on investment? One of the studies that they did, and again, I won't summarize everything. I think these are worth you listening to yourself. Um, But one of the studies that was most fascinating to me was that they did a longitudinal study, not comparing students who went to one school versus students who went to another school uh, in terms of their success rate, right? Um, What they did do instead was they looked at students who were accepted into two different universities and chose to go to one or another. So for example, they, instead of looking at a student who got into Brown and then a student who got into like 
Penn State, just for example, kind of a more middle-tier university, right? Instead of looking at a student who got into Brown University versus Penn State University, they looked at um, and com- and comparing their uh, outcomes and their success rate in terms of securing a job, et cetera, et cetera. What instead they looked at was they would look at, for example, two different students, a student, two different students, both of whom had gotten accepted to both Columbia and Penn State, right? Again, just as an example there. So the, both of these students got were accepted to Columbia and Penn State. And then uh, one chose to go to Columbia and another for any number of reasons chose to go to Penn State instead. And they looked at these students, students who had gotten into both schools, right? Or students who had gotten into um, a, a, a variety of schools and chose to go to different, different, chose different paths. And they tracked their success rate. And what they found out is that there's really no difference, right? That if a student is capable of getting into Columbia and of getting into Penn State, that their outcomes um, in terms of career, in terms of uh, income, in terms of mobility, economic mobility, wasn't different almost at all. That if a student was capable of getting into Columbia in the first place, they are going to end up doing just as well for themselves coming out of Penn State. Right, and that's powerful, right? Um, because it does speak to the fact that um, part of what makes these Ivy Leagues so awesome is because they attract a very specific type of student, right? They tend to attract the student who looks at a five percent acceptance rate and says, "Yeah, I want to take that on," right? Um, but it, therefore, though, right, one of the one of the things is the study does start to throw into a pretty harsh light is, but. If at the end of the day the student is just going to be as successful, what was the benefit of the Ivy League? That if a student who is driven, motivated, and really pushing the limits of what is capable and was going to do that regardless in terms of the measurable outcomes of a college degree, it doesn't really matter where they go, right? Um, what does that mean right? in terms of the value of a, an Ivy League experience? If you're interested in learning more about the complex world of college admissions or would love to connect more with college admissions officers from around the world, Tokyo Academics has you covered. We are regularly hosting seminars and events that range from college essay workshops to panels with current students at top schools to small group conversations with admissions officers. For more information, please visit tokyoacademics.com slash events. That's tokyoacademics.com slash events. It's an it's a good question, right? And one of the and it is something that both the podcast itself has brought up into sharp relief, and it's something that as I'm touring more universities, because I made a deliberate attempt this trip to not just visit the Ivies, but to visit small liberal arts schools, to visit mid-tier schools, to visit schools that are, at least according to U.S. News, a little bit further down the ranking, just so that there's perspective. And and what I am seeing, right, um, when talking with admissions officers, when sitting down with some students and with interviewing them and talking to them, is that at some point, once you get past kind of into the top 60 to 75, all the schools are kind of good, right? And um, they had this really interesting interview with 
the the podcast itself did this really inter- interesting interview walking around and interviewing a bunch of Columbia students and the majority the majority of Columbia students really said like the education that I'm receiving on some level I could probably get that education every anywhere else right what I really need is the brand and so the podcast itself to some degree does validate that on some level what you are ultimately paying for is the brand name and students are aware of this colleges are aware of this and the reality and the data points it out as well right um and so if what you are after is more of a pure educational experience your options broaden significantly um because there are many 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 schools that are doing excellent work um and in terms of those schools and what they look like and why they are amazing those I will talk about another time but the study itself and the and the things that the podcast chose to focus on really kind of put the numbers and the figures behind things that i think a lot of us already knew right that getting into that these schools are a business that they operate off of the creation of artificial scarcity um and they use that to generate value and that the demand is endless and so they can do whatever they will. and so by limiting the supply they heighten the value um and so on and so forth. So these are so on that level the podcast in many ways is just putting numbers and figures and terminology and expert opinion behind something that we all see, which is great. I think it's very valuable and it certainly gives everyone the language to discuss it in greater depth. But at the moment, right, at least so far, I know there I think there're going to be a couple more episodes. Um my thoughts are that well that's great. The podcast really doesn't unfortunately go into much in terms of well what are we supposed to do with all this data right that like we've t- gone through this and we now have all these numbers and facts and figures to reiterate that Ivy Leagues are hard to get into and it's kind of designed to always be that way um uh, but now what and that's kind of where I wanted to speak a little bit too because um part of my job and my focus is to start to turn a lot of this knowledge into strategy the then what is my my domain right and so um i wanted to kind of talk about what all of this stuff means one of the main takeaways that has been clear to me is that colleges are also looking for their return on investment um, and that is something that i've seen everywhere every university every college tour one of the things that will always come up is and here are our incredible alumni or here are what our alumni have all gone on to do here are what our students have gone on to do here's how many fulbright scholars we've had, we had we are the number one producer of nobel 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 laureates we are the number one producer of fulbright scholars etc 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 and that there is this desire right to um make sure that as part of the exclusivity right that that exclusivity has to mean something in terms of output if everyone just graduates and goes on to just be any other investment banker or any other lab researcher that doesn't do much right and so what and the fact that the it has been validated right at least as so far as the data is concerned that colleges these colleges want to be able to preserve their prestige right because um the other thing that the podcast brought up is that if they wanted to they could just do it like the UCs the UCs have continually expanded their enrollment year on year and year um including building new schools so that they they can increase their enrollment and one of the things that the podcast suggests is that if the colleges could come together and if the Ivies for example came together and agreed okay 
we are all going to increase our enrollment by 10%, right? And while that may mean all of our acceptance rates go up, we are all agreed, right? There's many reasons why they can't or won't do that uh, that have to do with antitrust as well as just lack of trust amongst the different Ivy Leagues. But one of the main things that ha- that that points to is that what they are all actually fighting for, right, is to maintain and maintain that level of prestige. And one of those levels of prestige is going to be determined by what they produce. And so what that means for you all is essentially what are you doing on your application? What are you doing in terms of your extracurriculars? What are you doing in terms of what you are convincing your teachers to say about you um, in terms of your rec letters, in terms of your essays, in terms of your extracurriculars, in terms of your actions that are going to lead a university to think this kid is going somewhere? Listeners of this podcast know that admission rates have never been lower. It's not enough to just have the high GPA. In this ultra-competitive climate, stunning essays make you stand out against your peers. Tokyo Academics Essay Counseling offers personalized attention by specially trained counselors familiar with expectations of each type of application essay, provided at extremely competitive rates. One of our expert essay counselors will create a customized plan to tailor all of your application essays to fit your narrative, goals, and background. We ensure that each essay tells a story only you can. We have specialists for schools across the US, UK, Japan, and more. Summer is the best time to get a head start on your essays. Contact us at essay at tokyoacademics.com for a free diagnostic today. Because this kid is going somewhere and it's going somewhere pretty unique is going to make you desirable because if they can see that potential, if they can see that this kid with our research, this kid was like, this kid is going to be great either way. But if we take him, he'll be good for us. Right? As opposed to if some other school, if Princeton gets him and this kid does really well, then they're going to get all the credit. Right? And so how are you positioning your activities? How are you positioning, positioning what adults say about you um, to not just talk about who you are in the moment, in the now, but to talk about who you are going forward? Right? What do they see of you? What potential do they see in you? What potential do you see in yourself? Right? What clear goals do you have? And a lot of students, like your goals are temporary, ephemeral. Right? And I get that. It's high school. But I think that there is something to be said for very clearly saying that you have particular ambitions and then living a high school life and creating, putting together a high school resume and career that reflects that you are a person who builds on their ambitions and moves in a direction. Because if I am an admissions officer and I am not just competing for exclusivity, but I'm competing for what I get to brag about, right? What do I get to brag about? Are you going to be a kid that I get to brag about? And how are you demonstrating that? How are you showing that? How are you illustrating? How are you the people who talk about you? Are they not just talking about who you are right now, who you were in the classroom last year? 
but what they see in your future, what they anticipate based off of past experiences with you. Right? All of these things are kind of where the the data points that I'm collecting and the experiences that I've had and the conversations that I've had so far all really point to this, right? That um, colleges at this point in time have seen a bajillion, bajillion, bajillion kids. And all of them are curating classes that are very small, which means that each kid needs to not that it's not that they need to be a fully formed product, right? I think that there's a lot of concern among students that like I need to be a complete human being before I even apply. And that's not really what it is. It's more that um what am I what do I have on my application that speaks to who I will be and how I will utilize resources, right? And maybe that needs to be more of the focus and the conversation and something that I will kind of take up and talk a little bit more about. But one of the areas that you can start thinking about is that part of how a school or a university assesses potential, right, is through an assessment of how are you going to use the resources around you? How are, going to you, you are, going, how are you going to use what's been given, right? Because how you use what's been given in your high school is going to reflect how you are going to fully take advantage of the tremendous, ridiculous resources that are going to be available to you at a top university. And so start thinking about that, right? Have you made the most of what's around you? And if you haven't, let's meet up and talk about how. But if you have, right, great. So make sure then that's clearly articulated in your essays, that someone else is clearly articulating that for you in their recommendations. Think not just in terms of money, right? When you think about resources, think about communities, think about people, think about opportunities, think about all of these different things, right? Because that is actually my measure. What is the proof that when you arrive on campus, you're going to be, you're going to maximize the opportunity that we have decided to give to you? So how do you become a student that is going to be great regardless of whether you go to Penn State or you go to Columbia or you go to Brown or you go to Pomona or you go to community college? What are you doing to demonstrate that you have the drive, the ambition, the initiative, the responsibility, the leadership, the thoughtfulness, the creativity to succeed in any environment? That's going to go a long way towards me reading your application and seeing, oh, this kid with our stuff could be amazing and therefore let's take them i think about that a lot where sometimes i will talk with like every time every year i go to graduation and sometimes i'll meet up with students that we didn't have the opportunity to work with either because we didn't meet up or um, the family just chose not to work with us or i'll meet with a student who is um, heading moving and going somewhere else and I will always think that, right? I will always think, oh man, this kid is incredible. Imagine what they could do with a little bit of guidance, a little bit of support, with a little bit of additional structure. I would love to work with this kid. Admissions offices around the world in any university are kind of following that line that line of thinking, right? Is that this kid was so good with that. Imagine what they could do with Stanford. Imagine what they could do with MIT. Imagine what they could do with University of Wisconsin, any school, right? And so that's part of my takeaway, right? Is that the data from the podcast really seems to be showing that you just need to, like part of what you need to focus on is developing the skill set that demonstrates that you will be a wise investment and live a life that suggests that. 
And so, again, overall, I will continue to listen to it. As I said before, it's good. It's it it can be it tends it gets a little bit rambly um, in terms of the topics, and it kind of goes all over the place in terms of the focus sometimes. Um, and unfortunately, at least so far, it sort of lacks a. And now what I'm supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? What are you supposed to do as students and families? But um, I think if you are an economics person, if you are a history buff, if you just want to better understand why on earth <laughs> tuition is so high and why on earth is our acceptance chances so low, these are it's a fantastic podcast. And the Freakonomics, it's 500 episodes already. There's so much interesting stuff. Um, and if you're a student who's interested in behavioral psychology, behavioral economics, I also cannot recommend it enough. But in terms of what you should be doing, right? my takeaway from this and something to really be thinking about is how are you, as a high schooler student, how are you presenting yourself as a high potential investment? Right? How are you presenting yourself as a high potential investment? Okay. And if you have more concerns or questions as to how you should go about doing that, let me know. Reach out. Um, we'd love to meet and talk with you. But a lot of it will always be do be active now, right? Engage in your community now. Take stock, take inventory of the resources, networking, opportunities, right, that are right immediately around you, right? Ask tons of questions, aim big and see what can be, can be done, and then go about and do it. And that mindset, that activity will get you the essays, the recommendation letters, the resume that will tell universities that, oh, if we take this kid over all the other really smart 1600 SAT kids, the chances that we'll be able to brag about them in five, 10 years, super high. Okay. So just some things to think about. Okay. All right. Uh, thanks for listening to the Accepted Podcast. Again, my name is Tyler Kusunoki. We hope you enjoyed today's topic on the Freakonomics podcast and what that should all mean to all of you. Uh, join us next week for more on the complex world of college admissions. If you like what you're hearing and want to support uh, myself and the team, uh, be sure to leave us a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your platform of choice. Right. Um, please also, as I mentioned before, leave comments, ask questions. Right. It helps me better curate the knowledge that I choose to share on this podcast and how it gives me ideas as to what you all want to hear and what you will find useful. Follow us and hit the bell icon for notifications to stay up to date. We also do regularly host events, both in person and online. I will be hosting an essay workshop on June 5th. That is a Sunday. Myself and one of my colleagues will be taking common application essays that worked that were successful and we'll just be breaking them down right and i think that will be a very useful uh experience a very useful resource for all of you especially rising seniors who are thinking hopefully starting to think about your common application essay um, i think it will be a really really useful time right so uh if you are interested in that or interested in anything else that we are running please do check us out at tokyoacademics.com slash events that is tokyoacademics.com slash events and if you have things that if you'd like to set up a diagnostic with myself or engage in a conversation with myself or one of my colleagues to get started planning out your college career, researching different universities, getting started with any of all of that, please do reach out to us at college at tokyoacademics.com. That is college at tokyoacademics.com. Right? Okay, so check out the check out our podcast. Thank you for subscribing to our podcast. Check out the Freakonomics podcast. Um, 
gather all the intel that you can, okay? Because as always, the key to getting in is getting ready. Thank you. <laughs>